I'm Amy Lettingham. I'm a master certified dating and relationship coach. And I'm Kevin Lettingham, Amy's husband and a former reality and docuseries TV producer director. And together we want to welcome you to Sex, Love, and Mindful Dating. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about flags, specifically the red ones. That color that radiates from someone you're dating that tells you without a doubt, don't date me. Run from me as fast as you can. Yes, we're going to talk about the horrible red flags that break up relationships and cause a lot of heartbreak. We will share the most common red flags and how to spot them and what to do when you see a red flag waving in front of your face. If your goal is to find lasting love, my conscious dating programs help you do just that. We do it through breaking your unhealthy dating beliefs, attitudes, patterns, and through my online dating courses, group coaching, and personal one-on-one virtual coaching, I can help you. Contact me at amythedatingcoach.com, that's A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com, and mention the podcast to receive a special offer. Let's uh, start today's episode with a pretty simple question. Uh, Amy, what is a red flag when it comes to dating? You know, a red flag is used as a warning sign that says danger, 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 right? It means the behavior of the person you're dating shows you that they're not a good fit for you. And you shouldn't ignore these red flags. But most of us do. We, we tend to rationalize or see the best in people. But these aren't the small things that can be easily changed. They tend to require a lot of emotional investment and outside professional help in order to change these type of red flag behaviors. So when you were dating, did you ignore red flags a lot? Yes. (laughs) I had this thing with seeing the best in people. And I think, you know, they coined that term being too nice. I definitely was too nice because I always thought I could change or help people. But what does being too nice have to do with a red flag? I mean, if someone has a red flag, like they, you know, are someone who just their actions don't match their words, something like simple like that, where they, they say one thing and do another and you ignore it when it's pretty obvious that's important. Why, why ignore it? You know, in the moment, I wouldn't call it ignoring it. In the moment, I was thinking, oh, maybe he's having a really hard day and that's why he couldn't follow through because he had a really tough work day. Or maybe something is going on in his family and there was like a fight or something. And so he he was so distracted, he couldn't make me a priority. So I literally just rationalized his behavior when deep down inside I knew in my gut it was me kind of trying to avoid seeing the red flag because if I saw and admitted it, that meant that I would have to end that relationship and I didn't want to yet. So were there any red flags with me? Did, were there things you were watching? <laughs> One thing when we first met, and I still talk about this in my classes, like you go from zero to 100 when you're upset and you start flapping, you go into your child self, you know, and you're, you're not violent. You just raise your voice like to the highest level when over something. Frustrated. Yeah, yeah, when you're frustrated. That was a red flag for me at first. If it's a red flag, does the red flag go away? When it's a pattern, then it becomes an issue. But with you, it was a red flag. I talked to you about it. We came up with a solution 
and we started working on it. So it started going away. So the red flags can go away. Yeah. You can feel it's a red flag, but then it can disappear. If you, the partner is willing to take accountability and change your behavior, then it can go away. So we have a list here of the the six biggest red flags from your clients. So let's talk about the first one, the poor communication skills. Most people don't know this, but the number one reason for divorce is lack of communication. Generally, you go and screw the secretary after you're having a bad communication bout with your wife. You're not talking, you're shut off, you guys are fighting, whatever it is. So it's usually the communication that is the biggest problem. So let's talk about how it's a red flag if the person has poor communication skills. Vulnerability plays a big part when it comes to communication from both parties. And that means, yeah, talking and celebrating about your most powerful strengths, and then also sharing your weaknesses with your partner in a way that you're not shaming or judging each other, but in a way that both people can hold space share their true authentic selves and look at each other in a way that, hey, you suck at finances, I can possibly help you. And then the other partner says, well, you suck at, you know, work situations and maybe I can help you with your work. And that's where the give and take comes in. But I think because there's so much shame and embarrassment about our own flaws and that we haven't even accepted ourselves, that we just shut down and we don't say anything at all. And then it doesn't give the partner the opportunity to either adjust or work with us to fix the problem. And it just builds a a resentment and anger between two people until they just break up. Obviously, vulnerability is a big part, but I've always felt like how you fight is huge because as a married couple, you and I know we fight yeah. And you're going to, and if you're planned to be together for 20, 30, 50 years, there's going to be lots of fights. And if you can't handle the conflict in the relationship, it's going to implode. So early on when you're dating someone, it's usually like, you know, everyone's on their best behavior and everything. But the red flag to me should be when you disagree, what happens? Like that is such an enormous one. Do they say nothing and go into a shell and don't? fight back or do they fight with venom yeah i feel like growing up i and the clients i work with there's like two households there's one that where they were never allowed to express their emotions feelings were bad those people tend to shut down and then just go recluse and then never really resolve the problem and they just come back and either make up sex or you know make jokes and then move on but then it rears its ugly head again, right? Um, And then the other household is the one that fights and fights and fights, but never comes to a solution because nobody's ever hearing each other. So then it just becomes a resentment game with each other and then it blows up. I think when it comes to fighting, I think a lot of people have poor communication skills because it's not taught in school. It's not taught by our families. We kind of use the tools that we saw growing up and then we apply them into our life. But how do you spot it? How does it become a red flag? I mean, if I'm dating someone and we're not fighting a lot, you know, but we have disagreements, where does it and how do people know it's a red flag? Well, I think when you see how people resolve problems with other people, 
So you look at their how they resolve it with their family or their friends yes. and stuff like that. The way they deal with conflict resolution with others. So if you're seeing, oh, they're in a 20-year fight with their mother. Yes. And they hate their coworkers. Yep. Now you've got a little bit of a red flag. Yes, you're seeing a pattern here. So number two, the number two is actions don't match their words. Talk about that. How is that a red flag? Oh my gosh, I dated so many of these type of guys. This is where they have the pattern of making promises and asking you on dates or saying, you know, you're going to meet my parents or let's talk about our future together. And then the the actions never follow through. So you're like hanging on to hope in these relationships. So, um, and it hap- would happen over and over again. I-, I feel like a lot of these guys start with love bombing and they start pulling away. You know, they-, they shower you with compliments and gifts and attention. And then all of a sudden, once things start getting serious, they run the other way. Yeah, I, I think this one is so huge because I think it becomes a red flag to me over time. Because if somebody says, hey, I'm going to be there Thursday at five and they don't pick you up at Thursday at five. All right. Well, that's fine. But if they do, I'm picking you up at Thursday at five, I'm picking you up Saturday at three and then maybe Sunday at six and they don't show up three different times. Okay. There's a red flag. The actions and the words. Patterns. Patterns. So I think that's a big thing to note for red flags is short of Keeping a list, which I think isn't a stupid idea to write it down and like they've done this, said this. And if you see a pattern of five or six different things, you've got a red flag. Yeah. And it's really hard. I'm going to say this because I've seen the pattern of these people that actions and words don't match. They're really good at apologizing. Yeah. Really good at gaining sympathy. Yeah. And I want you to know and write this down, anyone that apologizes for their mistake and doesn't change their behavior, okay, that is manipulation. And it's also their actions don't match their words. They apologize. I'm not going to do it again. It's the ultimate actions don't match their words. Yes. Yeah. That's why when I dated you, everything you said followed through and it was consistent. It was your character. And that's, you know, that builds on a lot of trust and loyalty. And that to me shows somebody that's worth investing in. Okay. So what are some of the big action don't match your words story for your clients? Oh, yeah. I had a client that um, she was so excited to go on a date with this guy. And he's like, okay, I'm going to take you out next week. I'm picking you up at blah, blah, blah. We're going to go to this restaurant. Well, on the day of, he calls her and says, I'm really busy working. Uh, how about you just come over to my restaurant bar and hang out with me and we'll make that the date. Oh, yuck. That's not good. I was I was actually thinking, you know, you see the one where, hey, I'll take you out for a nice dinner and then maybe we'll just uh, come over to my place and watch Netflix and chill. Oh, I fell for that. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about my free ebook, Five Dating Traps to Avoid. It gives you tips to avoid all the traps that make your heart break. So go to amythedatingcoach.com and that's spelled A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com. Number three, no accountability. Oh my gosh. 
So what does that mean exactly when someone has no accountability? Lots of excuses, hiding stuff, blame shifting. If you confront them, they literally spin the story so then it becomes your fault that you're being too much of this or too much of that. So I will tell you, it is a massive red flag when someone can't say sorry, take accountability for their actions, and that tells you that they'll never change. Yeah. Did you ever have anyone you dated like that? I did. I did. I dated a guy that was a total narcissist, and he would make me feel shame by the end of me asserting my boundaries and telling him, hey, uh, this really hurt my feelings. No empathy at all. More like, you're being too needy. You mentioned that word, no empathy, which is like the calling card for a narcissist. So those two can go hand in hand. Not everybody that has no accountability is a narcissist, but when someone is a narcissist, generally they don't have a lot of accountability. So I think that's a huge, huge red flag to look out for, this no accountability, because chances are, if you're getting a lot of it, you're dating a narcissist. I almost feel like you have to see how they talk, what's their narrative about when they make a mistake. Are they owning it or are they blaming Joe over there or Jane over here? Um, and if you see that this is a pattern in their family, because what they do at work, they spend about eight hours or more of their days at work, they're going to bring that habit home. That's not compartmentalized. So make sure you pay attention to that behavior and avoid it. Okay. You want somebody that will own their shit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, number four, um, this one seems extremely obvious to many of us yet I would say that it's far too common when people date is they date someone who shows abusive behavior. Um, let's talk about that. So when it comes to abusive behavior, we're talking about controlling behaviors like really bad acts of violence, emotional abuse, even acts of jealousy when it gets to a point where you're like putting a GPS in someone's car, like really bad boundaries. So abusive behavior doesn't always come early on in a relationship. And sometimes it takes months or even years, which can get people sucked in. So how do you spot it as a red flag early on? And so you don't have to pay the price later. I think with the early stages of dating that, you know, you'll start noticing a behavior that is boundary crossing, something that kind of irks you. And you're like, this is kind of wrong, but I think he loves me or I think she loves me. So I'm going to stay because I think it might be passion. Like maybe they say, Hey, let me, let me know where you're at. And you're thinking, Oh, well, they just want to know where I'm at. But then all of a sudden they're like, let me know where you're at all the time. Let me get access to your calendar. So it starts off with them saying, where were you Thursday? Yeah. They're doing it for control. Oh, so yeah. at first it's like charming. You think it's it's love because this person just wants to be around you all the time. They're showing you like, oh my gosh, I'm so passionate. I just want to hang out with you. And then they start getting jealous and they start using their jealousy to control you. And this shows up and I had a client that she would say that I'm going to go to the grocery store and then her boyfriend would show up. And this is before I worked with her. She'd be like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm just going to go buy something, blah, blah. And then she would go to her business meetings 
And then she would somehow see him on the side of the rearview mirror while she was driving. And so what she found out later was he put a GPS tracking system in her car and he was tracing her. So she didn't know. She thought it was love. She thought that he was just insecure and he needed more love. But in reality, this was abusive behavior that was not good for her to tolerate. And then I have another situation for myself. My boyfriend, when I was 18 years old, and so we were in this grocery store, and if I didn't do what he told me to do, he would take his hand and he said, I'm going to throw all this stuff down, this, the stuff on the shelves down on the floor, and I'm going to embarrass you. So it was a way to control you. It was a way to control me, and that would escalate to the point where he threw a phone at me once. When you're in the heat of a moment, you know, shit can go down. Sure. But... The huge difference here is we're talking a red flag. Is this a pattern or an isolated incident? Yep. And and I think that's a huge distinction that everyone out there should pay attention to is make those notes, keep track of it in your mind, and don't let the person off the hook just because they say something. Yes. Let's move on to number five on our list, and that is a lack of intimacy. Yeah, I would say there's two parts to it. There's the emotional part, and then there's the physical part, right? Uh, Let's start with the emotional part. When somebody lacks emotional availability and they're unable to create intimacy with you, they're not able to be vulnerable and express their feelings and emotions. And so what they do is, you know, it's always fun. It's always on the surface. It's always uh, not too deep. And so there's never a bond created. And you always feel like you're kind of in the friend zone. You're not really going further in that relationship. I can see a lot of guys like that where they don't open up and they're not emotional, but is that a red flag if you're dating a man's man and he doesn't want to open up at all? You need to be able to share your feelings, your needs, your wants in a relationship. And it requires intimacy and trust to share that with someone. So if the guy's always a tough guy and he's not sharing his emotions with you at all, you literally don't know who he is. Yeah. And then down the road in a year or two or three or five, when it really matters that you have that intimacy in a marriage, because you guys have major things connected, you'll have children, you'll have money together. If like, if you're not intimate and sharing like emotional feelings about these things, you're going to have conflict. Yeah. And this is where people will be like, I had a client tell me she was with a guy for five years and then the day before he left her, he just says, I don't want to be with you anymore and just left. Never told her why, didn't tell her what happened. And did they have any intimacy before? Did she give you any indication? He was not emotionally available. Every time she would talk about her feelings, he would steer the conversation to something else and just deflect. And he hated talking about his feelings. That's what she said. So that was exactly why one day he disappeared. The red flag was already there. It was there. Yeah. Five years though. Yeah. This is why you do not want to date somebody that can't express their emotions and feelings. Yeah. You know, even frustration is an emotion. Yeah. Yeah. But if somebody's just like, always cheery and then they they say i never fight i never i don't want to talk about it yeah i never fight everything is good well that's not real life come on let's acknowledge um this idea of toxic positivity is bad because it doesn't allow us to acknowledge 
that sometimes we have difficult feelings. Yeah. And this also, this lack of intimacy, just because the word also implies it can be physical too, right? When it comes to like thinking about Fifty Shades of Grey, where it's physical sex, but you there was no like holding hands and, you know, cuddling each other. Uh, that can be a massive red flag as well. Yeah, to this to this day, you still like wait like to wake up in the morning and have intimate moments, right? I mean, it's still an important. I do part. I bug you with like I know I kiss him like a bunch of times, and then I'm like, cuddle me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, and that's still an important time, especially as life gets busier and all that kind of stuff. Is if you have those little moments of intimacy, it's super important. So early on in a relationship. If you're not seeing this intimacy, it's a red flag. Yeah. And you have to recognize that maybe this person is not capable of giving it to you. You can always talk to the person and ask them, and this is my love language. This is what's important to me. But if you're seeing that this person can't give it to you, don't try to change them. Go find somebody that can. All right. Well, that brings us to number six, which I think is... Maybe the most obvious red flag, but still a lot of people ignore it. uh, And that's addictive behaviors. So when we're talking about addictive behavior, we're talking about people that are addicted to drugs, to alcohol, gambling, sex, anything that is in life where there should be some kind of moderation or boundary. And they're not seeking help. Yeah. And, And this kind of thing, again, a lot of addicts are really good at hiding it. You know, yeah. and we're and we're not just talking about, you know, hiding their needles. I mean, we're talking about people that can hide their sex addiction out in the world or their gambling on weekends. Oh, I'm just doing a little here or there. And they hide the other stuff until, you know, you find out later that you lost the house because they were gambling so much. Yeah. And they're functioning. That's it. And, and most addicts are not you know, on a street corner. And that's one of the the problems and why it's so important for people out there to look at this as a red flag to pay attention to. I feel this is a red flag that a lot of people in the rescuer trap fall into. They see the best in people. They see people's potential rather than seeing the facts and the red flags. I feel like when a person has this as an issue and they are wanting help, right? They're going to need professional help. They can't you as a person cannot help them. Somebody that's trained and experienced, and on top of that, they have to help themselves. I think most people would say that have dated an addict that they were blindsided by it later because they were hidden from it. So what do you do when the person you're dating is really good at hiding it? Do you sort snoop through their their clothes and check their pockets? Do you check bank accounts when you normally wouldn't? I mean, do you go behind their back? So you need to start paying attention. And if you need to investigate to get some more facts, I mean, you don't want to do things that are like hacking their email or anything like that. But you definitely like if you are doing their laundry and you see something, it is something to take notice, not to let go. If your gut tells you there's a red flag or or something you think is a red flag. Like I think so many people out there would say, well, I don't want to ruin the trust. You know, I don't want to go into their phone. I don't want to do these things. But I'm like, you have to, (laughs) you have to. 
You have to sometimes break that wall down. You have to break the wall down, yes. If you're dating somebody and they're, you know, they say they only do coke on, you know, celebrations, but then you realize, wait a minute, the other night they just seemed a little different. They seemed like they were on coke, but you don't have any proof. Shouldn't you go through their pockets? Shouldn't you actually like investigate? And I think my my point is, I think a lot of people don't want to investigate. Either they don't want to know the answer or they don't want to make the other person feel like they don't trust them. I will share with you, with my ex-boyfriend, let's call him John, he had a gambling problem. And I found out that he had a gambling problem because he would tell me he would use his money to pay bills. And then somehow I'd find out that he was betting on something. And then what I did, you know, you're right. I investigated. I went on his computer because I had to see if actions and words matched. By the way, if your intuition is making you do that and you're seeing that more often than not, then that in itself is the red flag. There's the red flag. That's my point. Like, like the, if that it, I had to change my behavior to the point that I was like crossing boundaries, told me that this relationship was not good for me. What did you find, by the way? He placed a bet. Yeah, he was lying to me. Absolutely. He was broke, taking his corporate credit card and placing bets on um, sports. Yeah. And that would have manifested itself in horrible ways down the road if you got married, say. He was doing that all over in our relationship. There was just so much hiding. Like he would tell me that he didn't feel like having sex with me. And then I'd catch him you know, watching a porn. And then he would be like, well, she kind of looks like you. I mean. <laughs> so he was addicted to porn too? He was addicted to porn. So he had an addictive personality. Addictive personality, lack of intimacy, not emotionally available. I mean, everything. Every red flag on this red list. Red flag. And I, and I stayed with him. And then I broke up with him. And he's like, I can change. I can change. I love you. I mean, I so want, this is, I fell into the rescue trap. And yeah. I thought I could help and fix and change him i look back now and i get so angry and i have to forgive myself but i get really angry because that itself is the red flag that he brought out such the worst like the worst in me to the fact that i was so overridden with anxiety that the only way i could calm myself is to go search for him and catch him because i i knew in my gut that something was wrong so you know what I should have listened to my gut. If you can get there before you turn into that person, that's the goal. When you start wanting to investigate that much, that's when you should leave. Well, I think we just came up with a seventh red flag is the person doesn't make you your best self. Yes. Because you just said that even though he was an addictive personality, it, it really was the fact that you had transformed that gave you the insight of the red flags. Otherwise, you might not have noticed it. Yeah. I feel like I became addicted to catching him. Hmm. And so I remember just, oh my gosh, it was so painful. And I just remember going, I don't know who I am anymore. I used to be this confident person. I used to be happy. And now I'm just constantly on edge wondering when I'm going to catch him. This brings us to a really important question. Why do people ignore or choose to miss these red flags? You just talked about it. Well, I can share my issue, uh, but I feel like there there's more to it. 
but my major issue was uh, I was dating my father and I didn't know it. I didn't see it. My dad had really bad boundaries growing up and he did the same thing to my mother. And so I normalized the behavior and not seeing that was red flags because I had seen it so much growing up. So when I dated somebody that had this, and by the way, my mom stayed and my mom tried to like save him. Well, guess what? In my mind, I thought that I could do the same. So it's almost, it almost makes you colorblind to the color red. Yes. Yes. You had to literally almost step out of yourself to see this stuff. Yes. That's the thing is that when we have these dysfunctional upbringings, not everyone falls in this category, but for most of us that do, we can't see the red flags like a normal person does because it's been normalized in our own family. Well, that that's somewhat discouraging in the sense that what if you're out there listening and you go, you have the same problem that you do. Well, I had to go out and seek help. I couldn't do it on my own. And I recognize, guess what? I had the pattern of dating the same guy with a different face. So, hey, that was my red flag to myself. I was the common denominator. So I had to go and learn about what a healthy relationship looked like. And I learned like what boundaries look like, what deal breakers were, my own deal breakers. And I learned how to date properly and not use that old dysfunctional tool that my parents, you know, the, their relationship skills in my own life. I changed it. And that's how I found you. Yeah. Well, that's good. So you basically went from red flags to green flags. Yes. I need to stop gravitating to the red flags and thinking that this is normal. And I need to understand what green flags look like so that I can start choosing people that have green flags in my life. And it didn't only change my romance, like romantic life. It actually changed the way I chose friends, the people I surrounded myself with. It was like this behavior, this like not seeing the red flags was everywhere in my life. It wasn't just dating. Well, I think my personal opinion has always been the biggest reason that people ignore red flags is they don't want to be alone. They would rather be with somebody for all these reasons, whether they choose to ignore the red flags, whether they just don't see the red flags, whatever you want to call it, people are gravitated towards relationships and being with someone. And sometimes that's enough. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people settle for red flag relationships because it is better than nothing. I think that, um, but the better than nothing, again, starts with the low self-worth. So we settle for things that we believe that we deserve, right? Uh, So I work with a lot of clients on developing clarity in their own self-worth. Then they move to being the chooser rather than waiting for someone to choose them. And that is when they find the real love that they deserve. Um, and I think that's an important part is if you're seeing that this is a cycle of red flag behaviors that are continuing in your life, then it's time to choose yourself. And what work do you need to do? Look in the mirror to see how you can change that relationship picker. All right. Well, let's uh, kind of come to the end here and talk about our takeaways from this episode, Amy. Yeah. So takeaway number one, look for patterns. 
Red flags are not only about individual moments, but they are consistent patterns that you're seeing. And if you are having a hard time keeping track, make a list of them. Every time you see something, document it so that you have factual proof that it's going on. And it's hard to deny when you see it in front of your face. Takeaway number two, have strong boundaries. Not only by asserting your boundary with the other person, but also boundaries with yourself. If you see this person constantly crossing them, then you need to have a strong boundary with yourself to walk away. And it really helps you when you're clear about your non-negotiables. These are your deal breakers in relationships. Then you know when a boundary is crossed because one of your non-negotiables are not being met. Takeaway number three is that you are the common denominator in all your relationships. Now, if you are looking for red flag patterns in other people, you need to look at the red flag patterns in yourself. What's causing you to date the same person with a different face? When you can take accountability for your own actions, that's when you can change your actions and change your outcomes. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. As always, if you like the show, please give us a five-star review or hit the subscribe button. It really does help us. Yes. Thank you. And we want to hear from you. So go over to amythedatingcoach.com and let us know what you thought. If you have any questions, comments, if you've been in these red flag relationships, we'd love to hear from you and let us know uh, that you listen to our podcast. And I have a program called How to Conquer Online Dating. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, use the coupon podcast to get 50% off the program. Go to amythedatingcoach.com and you'll find all the information there.